following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Another week of exciting fantasy football talk. Today, a bit more speculative than normal. Uh, Gary and I are going to put our spin on our own situation here and talk about who we think will be the most 10 impactful fantasy football relevant rookies. Gary, how are you today? I am good. Uh, It's hopefully another beautiful day. We had a beautiful day recording. So when this comes out, hopefully it's a nice day. It's a sunny and 73. Eight here in Buffalo as we speak, and that's at uh, seven twenty at night. Um, couple bits of news to touch on before we really get started here. The Minnesota Vikings have wait, or have traded former first round cornerback Mike Hughes to the Kansas City Chiefs. A uh, bit of an interesting situation to follow up on there, as they had just turned down his fifth year option. Uh, the Broncos intended on trading or waiving wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton up until he tore his ACL at a non-sanctioned practice. Uh, Really sucks for that kid. A lot of talent there, and uh, can never really get the ball rolling. Good for Tim Patrick, I guess, though. The Broncos signing offensive tackle Cam Fleming to a one-year deal to help shore up their offensive line after losing Jawan James and releasing him later on. Um, I'm trying to get all through this. I got a bunch of... uh, bunch of options and a bunch of news here. We've actually been a, a few few days behind here. Um, haven't talked to you guys really since middle of last week when we've given some news up. The Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, stating openly that they do want Aaron Rodgers back. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers feels the same way. And it, apparently it hasn't really been Matt LaFleur's... Rodeo? Rodeo, but it's not his fault that Rodgers wants out, it's the ownership and how management has, well, not ownership, but how management has um, dealt with him and treated him. Absolutely. Um, the Washington football team signed safety Bobby McCain, formerly a Dolphins starter and captain there. Uh, he will be adding to an already very good Washington defense. Let's see what he can do with a better team. Coming off a top 10 defense, going to another top 10 defense. Um, boy. What else do we have? Some guy named Kurt Benkert got signed. Hmm. Great, great job having your first name twice in your name there, Kurt <laughs> Benkert. Um, do we have page four? We do have page four. The Giants signed running back Corey Clement, former Philadelphia Eagle. And the Giants sign, yes, you're hearing this correct, now converted tight end. Calvin Benjamin. He must have had that Popeye's biscuit. He was one Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end, and he's there. Um, so that's going to be a comeback story to watch after Tim Tebow signs to be a tight end. We now see uh, Calvin Benjamin say, hey, Tim, anything you can do, I can do better. Special eat. I can eat better than you. Yeah, maybe he'll be able to catch finally, too. No, debatable. Um, 
the Eagles signing another division rival. And Ryan Kerrigan, former edge out of Washington, going to the Philadelphia football team there. The 49ers signed wide receiver Marquise Lee. An interesting signing, to say the least. A guy who just declined playing last year. Kind of hurt him big time because he was with the New England offense that really needed some some help there. Yeah. He uh, hasn't played a full season in four years now. He um, opted out, right? He was an opt-out. Correct. Yeah. Hasn't played a full season in four years now. Um, his last full season being 2017. Injured in 18, 18 and 19. Um, the talent, Jacksonville? Yep. The talent was always there. Former second-round pick out of USC. Yeah. Um, it was him and Blackman, and they they played pretty well together. And Blackman he had his off-field, had his off-field problems, and then Because they did have promise. The Jackson, Jacksonville looked like they were putting together a young receiving core there. For a little while. And I think the last real bit of news for the day, uh, Philadelphia tight end Zach Ertz not reporting to OTAs. Wants clarity on his situation with the team. Trade me or release me. So, now that we've got all of that interesting news on the up and up on the comeuppance, uh, we are going to get into our top ten list. That's right, we're doing lists today, guys. Um, you just made the list. You did just make the list. Gary and I decided we were going to put our own little spin on things and talk about who we think is going to have a top 10 relevancy of a fantasy rookie. And no, it's not just a bunch of first-round picks here, guys. We've got some people in positions that we really like. Uh, Gary, do you want to start backwards on this list and go from 10 to 1? Yeah, we could do that. Uh, do you want to give your first pick? Yeah, so, so pick number 10. Pick number 10 for me... Um, Drafted to Philadelphia, uh, I have Kenneth Gainwell. Um, he's gonna be the pass catching back there. Miles Sanders kind of struggled a little bit in that in that game, so he's gonna end up splitting carries there. So I think um, if you're a Miles Sanders owner, it's a good idea to try to get both of them because you're gonna see the uh, the passing the passing downs go to Kenneth Gainwell, a nice little tiny guy out the backfield who's gonna be quick and get you that home run hitter. Um, so, yeah, that's who I have at 10. Uh, my number 10 is guy. I know you actually have quite a bit higher on your list. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with wide receiver Nico Collins here out of um, out of Michigan, drafted to Houston. The only reason I did not really go much higher on this list is because I still don't know who's playing quarterback to get him the ball. Yeah. Um, 6'4 build. The guy looked good at Michigan with next to no quarterback talent really there this past year. That team was in shambles. Um, and he's got that prototypical build you want. They don't have Will Fuller anymore. They clearly don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, somebody needs to take over here and be the next guy and be a number one target. And I think Nico Collins can take that role. But it might be a year or two away from him being like top-end fantasy relevancy, but he'll come in at 10 on my list. Gary, how about number nine for you? Number nine, uh, another guy um, from Houston. They have zero help at tight end. Um, <clears throat> and depending on who plays quarterback, usually tight end's still a very quarterback-friendly position. Um, I have Brevin Jordan, um, a guy that I really was a big fan of in college. I uh, liked his tape. A More of like a smaller receiving type of tight end, but that's perfect for um, a quarterback who... Maybe it's David, uh, David Davis Mills. Mills. Davis Mills um, could be Tyrod. Uh, we'll see which. Hey, th- I mean, technically, 
It could still be Deshaun Watson. It could be Deshaun Watson, and if it is, then I, I think you see a, a lot of production out of the tight end position. But I have Brevin Jordan. I think he's going to be relevant in fantasy this year as a rookie um, with a tight end weak team. Uh, my number nine here, and people are going to riot in the streets, I think. I am going to go with wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to spoil something here. On your list, he didn't even cut the cut the list. Yep. Gary and I are somewhat on the same level here. He does have to crack. Granted, yes, he's got... He has prior links to Joe Burrow. He's going to know what Joe wants him to do. He does still have to crack an NFL roster and beat out what should be Joe's top two targets in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I completely blanked. With a talented running back and Joe Mixon. Um, Jamar Chase is not a slouch. He's going to see the ball thrown his way. I just, I don't have confidence that he's going to be the best receiver we see this year. So I'll stick him at nine. Um, Gary, what do you got at eight? Um, I'll just say the reason I didn't put him in there is because of that reason for splitting the targets. Um, And watching him on film, there was a lot of times where he wasn't the best route runner. So he'll have to work on that a little bit. Um, Very dominant player when he's open, can catch every ball. But there's still some things left to work on at the next level. He saw a ton of man coverage. So if he can put that together with finding the soft zone, I could be eating my words. But... This, that's why it's just a early guess at um, fantasy relevancy. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, May 17th at the time of us doing this. Uh, literally, stage two of the offseason is just beginning, and people are just starting to run. For all we know, one of these guys in our top ten might not even start the year right. with an injury. Yep. Um, but pick eight for you was? Pick eight for me. Um, New England's kind of seems like they're running Sony Michelle out of town a little bit. Well, they're, they did in fifth year. They're not too happy with the way he's been playing. Um, so Ramondre Stevenson, a guy they drafted um, with like the middle of the road, um, fourth or fifth round maybe. Yeah, fourth or fifth round. Um, a lot of talent. It's one of the guys that actually I was put onto kind of late in our draft period or our draft uh, preparation. Um, I watched his tape. I was impressed with it. Um, but he's going to be a ground and pound type of back, and early on Cam Newton's probably going to be the starter there, so he'll they'll run the ball heavy. And um, he's he's the same style of runner that Legarrette Blunt. Le, well, Legarrette Blunt is, and I was even going to say if he plays with Mac Jones, the same type of style where the downhill runner that Najee is. Najee's more patient and obviously more skilled, but um, he's got that between the tackle style run. Uh, so it's a very good addition for a young quarterback and a veteran style quarterback who likes to use his legs. Um, to be totally fair, uh, my, my eighth pick is also Ramondre Stevenson. It is a guy who reminds me of LeGarrette Blount, but he shouldn't only remind me of somebody there. Um, he does have the dual threat ability. He did have 18 catches, uh, I believe last year, two years ago. He had seven touchdowns in only six games played. He, he screams Bill Belichick best friend. Right. Um, this is the kind of guy Bill likes to have because when you get, when you can pull the offense down within the fives... What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're yep. gonna push the pile, and Ramondre's the guy to push that pile, get it over the top, and do dirty damage to people. And I believe he did split carries in college. So I believe so. Yes, it'll probably be him and Michelle. Maybe uh, they still have James. White. James White did resign. So 
James White will be the passing style. I think. Um, I think I'm going to say Ramondre is going to be the starter. To be honest, and I don't know Sony, if he's going to walk right in as the starter. No, they like th- their three headed monster. I think they're going to give. I think it's going to be middle of the season where we see him as a starter. But I think Sony Michelle ends up being the change of pace guy. Um, you know, it's one of those weird things where Sony Michelle helps solidify what everybody says year after year. You don't take a first round running back, right? Because he was a first round running back who has not lived up mm-hmm. whatsoever to the hype. Uh, I will go here. Pick seven. I'm going to go Green Bay Packers wide receiver Amari Rodgers. He he could break out. He could be a stud. He should break out. He should be a stud. There's still rumors and issues with Green Bay, what happens with Aaron Rodgers. However, none of the guys there outside of um, Devontae Adam have really taken a hold of a job. Right. EQ St. Brown hasn't held a job down. Um, Lazard. Lazard can't stay healthy. Amari Rodgers, if he can come out and throw that burst of speed immediately and become a target that Aaron Rodgers, if he's there, trusts, Amari Rodgers has 60 to 70 catch plus 8 to 900 yard potential, I think, easily yeah. as a rookie. I Who do you got at 7, Gary? Uh, at 7, I have Amon Ross St. Brown. Detroit doesn't have... A ton at receiver. Um, They've got next to nothing at receiver. Yeah, next to nothing at receiver. But um, Jared Goff loves his number one receivers, so whatever his top target is there, that's where he's going to throw it to. And it could be a Monroe St. Brown, so we'll see what happens. Um, I believe he's going to get a ton of targets. Um, They're obviously going to probably be a run-heavy offense with a talented running back they got there. Um, And the backfield that they do have now, um, there's a lot of talent in it. So with the targets that Amon Ross St. Brown will get, I think he's going to make the best of it. I like it. Uh, pick six, I've got him a little lower, and this is also my first running back on the list here. I'm going to go Najee Harris uh, out of Pittsburgh. Nothing against Najee's talent. Nothing against how good of a player Najee is. I'm not fully trusting that offensive line in Pittsburgh. Um Realistically, I think a year or two down the line, Najee Harris will be a top five, top seven running back in this NFL. This year, with a very limited line in front of him and an aging running back, it might not be the end-all, be-all great year. One of those things, especially as a dynasty person, yeah. if you didn't get Najee Harris and someone's going to sell low on him after a year, jump on it. Yeah, for sure. But I like Najee Harris here at six. Uh, running backs are, are tough. Yes, he should get the lion's share, but I think there are people that will outproduce him still. Gary, how about you? What do you got at six? I went with uh, Jets running back Michael Carter. Um, he's a smaller back, so he's probably going to see a lot of pass-catching stuff, but there's a good chance that maybe they like what they see out of him because there's not too much competition there in New York at the running back position. they got a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback, and what better way to get a rookie quarterback acclimated with a fast running back who gets first down to... Um, catches the ball, makes a lot of plays. I think he's going to be a good PPR back um, for your PPR leagues. I think he's going to have a good fantasy impact this year because he's got not much competition and going to help out a young, uh, young quarterback. I like it. Um, I definitely think I, I definitely think and hope Michael Carter should be able to take that over. I do too. Um, I'm a Michael Carter owner. You are a Michael Carter owner. That's right. We've already had our, our own uh, rookie drafts in two of our dynasty leagues already. Uh, but no, Michael Carter owner himself. Um, it's a guy that we kind of, we weren't super high on, 
but he fell in a very good situation yes. with the Jets. And that's a lot of things, too, is like a lot of players we were really high on fell in poor situations. Yes. Uh, pick number four. I mean, let's be fair. You and I both were walking around with raging hard-ons for Jalen Darden yeah. for how much of the draft process. And it's not saying his career's not going to be good. It's just going to be but delayed a little it's going to be delayed going to Tampa where they have a whole bunch of talent already. What's up At early. least a year because we don't know if... Um, Goodwin's actually going to yes. resign. Who's I mean, Antonio what? Brown still has legal issues that haven't been resolved. I mean, he signed there, but that doesn't mean he's going to stay there. No, they got um, that incident with the truck driver is still yep. being... So he might get suspended or whatever goes on with that. We don't know. So the, there's a possibility that we do see a little bit of Jalen Darden, but you never know. Uh, Gary, how about you give us number five? Number five. Um, you had him earlier on your list. I have Nico Collins. They have nothing at receiver there. Whoever the quarterback is is going to have to find their best receiver, and right now we think that should be Nico Collins. Maybe they have a random Travis Fulgram type of thing that happens like in Philly did. We're just out of the nowhere. Uh, it's your boy from UCF. Yeah. Um, Williams. Williams? Yeah, I like that guy. He's a lot of, reminds me of Steve Smith. But, um, yeah, Nico Collins, he's going to see the lion's share of targets there, you would think. Um, it's going to be a very young offense. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains, even with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. But if Deshaun Watson's the starter there, you're going to see a lot of these guys' numbers elevated. Um, if Davis Mills is the quarterback, we don't know. Um a lot of teams liked him in the draft process. That's why he was, what, a second-round pick or a third-round pick? Uh, third round. So we, some mocks had him even high as late in the first. I wasn't really high on him like that. But a, a guy that teams liked late in the draft process, so if he's the quarterback, maybe maybe he's the next uh, franchise guy there if Deshaun doesn't work out. You know, I'll tell you this much. Um if Davis Mills, for some reason, does not pan out, or is the guy this year, mm-hmm. I almost feel like I'd want to switch your number nine and number five. I feel like I'd rather have Brevin Jordan at five and Nico Collins at nine in that situation. And that's why it's early. It's early guesses. We'll see what happens. Um, like I said earlier, Brevin, or, uh, tight ends are friendlier for quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. But um, I think... I think... Brevin Jordan's going to be a little bit more raw talent early on. I think he's going to come into his own, but he's got to he'll have to get used to being smaller than um, most players on the field. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, tell you this, really, uh, really like what what you got there. But you went Nico Collins there. I'm going to go with somebody who did not make your list. I'm going to go Pat Freermuth, tight end out of Pittsburgh. And I'm only doing this because I know you've said it a few times, well, they have Eric Ebron. That's why I'm doing this. They have Eric Ebron. I don't have much faith at all in Eric Ebron. Um, No, the dude has pancake hands. Yes. So I'm going to sit here and go out on a whim and say that Freermuth not only challenges but wins that job from from, from Ebron. And that Freermuth is going to be the deal that everybody says he is. I'm not going to say he's going to go out here and break rookie receiving tight end records. Yeah. But it would not shock me in the least to see him come out with 50 catches, 600 yards, and six touchdowns, mm-hmm. which is a solid tight end stat production. Um, i take that all day. Yeah, I wanted to put Fearmouth, but I just couldn't because he there's a chance that um, he sees second tight end reps. We don't know... Pittsburgh Harvard does really like to use two tight end yeah, formations. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And 
Ben really likes throwing to Deontay Johnson and Juju, and he I don't know he 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 doesn't hasn't recently used the tight end as he should. Well, everybody he likes, he ends up not being able to throw to when he right. when he got somebody he really liked in uh, Jesse James. He he liked Jesse James. Jesse James leaves in free agency. He finally starts clicking with Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald gets hurt. So, yeah. Gary, who do you got at four though? At four, um, this is going to depend on quarterback situation. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers stays, so this is why I put the asterisk here. But I have Amari Rodgers. Um, With a legitimate asterisk. Yeah, legitimate asterisk. Um, I have Amari Rodgers. He could fall later on my list. Um, but we don't really know what we have in Jordan Love, and Blake Bortles might end up being the starter. If Blake Bortles is the starter, I think you get better quarterback play personally than what you're going to get with Jordan Love right away. I think, um, to me, Blake Bortles could be like a Tannehill almost and kind of just manage the game with a very talented offense. Um, I don't do think you, he's gonna... Do you mean Matt Moore? Yeah, Matt I feel Moore. like Matt, the Matt Moore situation is way better. Comes into... I think it was Matt Moore in front of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Wasn't fully ready. Raw talent. Matt Moore took a year to just be a game manager. Yeah. Um, I think whoever plays quarterback there is going to use Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers isn't like an elite talent, but he's going to be consistent. And that's what I see him being his rookie season. And he fell into a very good situation. So I don't disagree with it. I think that Amari Rodgers has the potential. Uh, we both had him in our top ten. So we shall see. I like it. Uh, my number four. I'm going to have Trevor Lawrence here. Rookie quarterbacks are always tough to kind of predict how well they're going to be and what they're going to mean. Um, I mean, last year, Bur- Joe Burrow... Starts out slow, puts a couple real heaters together of, mm-hmm. of, of being a fantasy-relevant quarterback, breaks the top ten, and then breaks his knee. Yeah. Um, Justin Herbert takes until, what, like week six to really develop? Yeah. And then had he not taken a slow start, would have been a top ten fantasy quarterback. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams, I'd almost dare say, have better weapons around than what Trevor Lawrence currently has. Um, I'm not saying I don't like Trevor Lawrence. No. But I think... The lack of build, and honestly, a guy that didn't make either of a list because of how goofy it's looking right now, the fact that Travis or Travis Etienne might be the wide receiver one there is what really kind of, for me, pushes Lawrence down my board. Um, so I'm going to keep Trevor Lawrence here at four. Um, Gary, what do you got for three? Uh, three, I have Najee Harris. Um, Pittsburgh, even though they have a poor offensive line, they're going to get him the ball early and often. And Harris is the type of player who's going to eat on his chances. Um, he might not be Derrick Henry right away. Not, might not get those um, MVP-type running stats. But I think he's going to be an improvement over James Conner, um, an improvement over what they have there. I don't even know who else they have. Benny Snell? I don't um, even know Benny Snell's there anymore. Whoever they have in the backfield. Mm, ooh, Miles Gaskin? Yeah, no, no, not Miles Gaskin. Kalen Balazs. Yeah. Um, he's going to be an improvement there. Even with a bad offensive line, um, he's got receiving ability, so he's going to be a PPR guy. He's going to get a lot of carries. I can see him averaging 25 carries a game his rookie year because they need that running back position. So well, bad. they do still have Benny Snell. So Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland Jr., Kalen Balazs. See, I know things. I thought I just thought Benny Snell left from free agency. I thought he was one of the running backs that also left. Well, um, that's why I have him so high. Um, they're going to use him. They're going to put miles on him his rookie year. Fair enough. My number three, I'm going to go with someone Gary had at seven. I'm going to go with Monra St. Brown here. He's not 
the world's greatest receiver. He does all the little things right. He doesn't have anything that stands off the paper that was phenomenal. I view him more as kind of a of an above average to very good slot receiver. However, going to Detroit, where he will now be catching passes from Jared Goff, Jared Goff made a living hitting that type of player yeah. for 100-plus targets every year, and that was Robert Woods. Uh, Amon or St. Brown very much so reminds me of Robert Woods. That's why I think I'm as, as high on him as I am here. I could see St. Brown being a guy who could easily dominate dominate leagues and it's gonna be somebody that you unless you're truthfully following and paying attention throughout the entire draft process can probably get as a 17th round pick i don't know if i'd say 17th but you're gonna be able to get him very late in the draft process at your fantasy redraft leagues and you'll be thanking people later on when when you do have him because i who are they gonna target rashad perryman's never seen much more than four or five targets a game no matter where he is Tyrell Williams is not going to command a bunch of targets. He's going to see, what, four or five? Mm-hmm. You, you're going to probably throw 20 to 25 times a game, at, they, at minimum. They do have Sage Sherratt. But a, you're right, and, a, and they have TJ Hawkinson, but... I think Sage, or I think Sherratt could probably make the roster. So I guess here's the thing, though. As a quarterback, how often do you usually see people throw a game? 30 to 40 times a game? Right. Okay, so even if you allocate five to Perryman and Williams... Let's say you give 10 to TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. That's only 20. You got 10 more alone. Mm-hmm. 215. Even if you're telling me he's seeing seven targets a game, mm-hmm. I think in a, in seven tar- seven to 10 targets as a slot receiver, Yeah. okay, cool. He went for six catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. And I mean, the pass-heavy teams sometimes even see 40 targets. And, and that's it. And, and Goff made his name... And I think that's where Goff ended up looking so ugly is Goff could throw for 500 yards because he'd throw 50 times a game. Yeah. And it just would be like one touchdown or two picks. Yeah. Maybe reduce the amount that he's throwing, and Detroit might not look bad. They, The year that um, they went to the Super Bowl, they had a solid run game, and since then they haven't had a run game for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had Gurley get hurt, release Gurley, Bank on a rookie who had a lot of adjusting last year coming mm-hmm. off a team with no line in college. Um, kind of, he put put it together a little late, but... They, he put it together very well down the stretch, but then the problem is he derailed himself with two concussions. Right. So I I would not be shocked at all to see Goff have a step forward in the right direction, and if he's throwing 35-ish times a game, mm-hmm. I'm not expecting to see a majority of those go to guys like their t- current top two receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's my there's my Amonra St. Brown's my number my number three. I'll go to my number two. It's a guy who you didn't even have on your list here. I yeah I'll, t- I'll explain why after my- that's fine. I, and and I think the reason I have him is the reason you didn't. Um, I know Gary's been very high on guys who are going to see the optimal amount of targets, and he's walking into an offense where in theory he should be the number three target. You'd probably immediately put him behind Devonta Parker, and. Mike Gusecki. Mm-hmm. However, I think I think a lot of the Miami coaching staff has been sick and tired of the way that Parker's acted. Parker's lack of hands at times. Parker's lack of commitment to staying on the field. Yeah, anytime he gets hurt, it's I'm done. Yeah, I'm hurt, I'm done, pull me. Um, and, and I guess that's the thing. Even if they can use him in a situation where they don't have to run him as hard. If he's seeing less passes thrown Devontae Parker's way, mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle might in theory be the wide receiver too but might get thrown at, at wide receiver one target volumes. And it's a guy who does have familiarity 
with Tua on the field there. Plus, a guy who was getting and garnering comparisons to Tyreek Hill in the draft process. And that's the type of player where if you can get the ball in his hands, he'll make plays for you. So I like Jalen Waddell as being the number one receiver I have on my board. Uh, Gary, do you want to do you want to rebut that? Yeah. Um, the only reason I didn't put him on the list is because I still just do not trust Tua. Um, I think this is this right here. This is I know it's only year two, but it's a make or break year for him. If he plays any like he did against the better teams where he had to get pulled. I forget who they they have a different backup quarterback there now, Jacoby um, Brissett. Yeah, so are you really going to be wanting to put Jacoby Brissett in at your quarterback position if he doesn't doesn't perform well this year or doesn't have some sort of growth? Um, it's going to be a different quarterback situation next year. I uh, in my opinion, um, that's the only reason I didn't put Waddle on there is because we have to see um, how Tua performs. That's fair. Like I said, I, we we've got two different views on how it's gonna end or how it can end up. So, and that's why, that's the nice thing about this podcast. Neither of us have to be right. Right. We can express our views, and they're probably gonna need an improved run game because even at Alabama, they had a very solid run game for Tua. So, um, how who do you got as number two here, Gary? So number two, um, you could have made. I could have made a, a argument for number one, but he shares. He's going to share time with Hayden Hurst or Hayden Hurst. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have Kyle Pitts at number two, uh, and another reason I have him at number two is because hopefully Atlanta uses him the right way. Um, hopefully they're not like, yeah, you're blocking all a bunch, um, which I don't see them doing that. But I mean, coaches sometimes are not the smartest. Um, I'm a Pitts owner. I took him at number two in my in my draft. I think he's going to be a generational talent. Rub it in some more, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> he's a generational talent um, and kind of fit in a good spot right now with Matt Ryan kind of still being on the brink. He's on, He's at the end of his prime, but still a fantasy-relevant quarterback um, with some veteran quarterback leadership there. So hopefully they use him correctly. I think he could end up having a 6-7 touchdown year, maybe even more, if they are like, hey, this guy's really good. Um I think you're going to see production drop from Julio. Julio's kind of the, um, he gets the yards but no touchdowns, and that's going to make it even worse now that Pitts is in the offense because Pitts is going to see a lot of red zone targets, a lot of over-the-field targets. They're going to, they should line him up all over. He should basically be the number one, number two target there. Um, maybe not this year, but eventually down the road. Uh, but I have Pitts at two. That's fair. Do you want to give us your number one? Yeah. Um, you had him down earlier. We talked about uh, Trevor Lawrence. I have Trevor Lawrence at number one. The reason I do is because I think people talked down on Trevor Lawrence. They're, yeah, he's not as good as people think he is. I think he's the real deal. He's not. I wouldn't say he's Andrew Luck type out of college, but he's almost there. I think he's as close to it as you're going to see. I think landing in Jacksonville is better than landing in New York. I think he's going to have a better career than Jacksonville. He's going to have less media bullshit on him. Right. Um... He's got two solid running backs, two or three decent receivers. Um, he landed in a good situation where that offense had production with a mediocre quarterback. There's nothing against uh, Minshew, but Minshew's a middle-of-the-road starter, not going to really elevate your team. Um, if Jacksonville could put a defense together, I think Trevor Lawrence leads that team. Um, 
I think he could put a Herbert style year together where he's going to be considered in the standings for rookie of the year. Fair enough, man. I, I, I like it. And I, you know, me, I'm backing you on the Trevor Lawrence thing. We're both huge fans of him. Um, I know it's weird because they're going to. It was it was stated that Urban Meyer wants to make ETN the Le'Veon Bell in his prime yes. type of running back. Which, smart, yes, but at the same time, you have James Robinson. So are you not. Gonna... Yeah, exactly. To For him to be Le'Veon Bell in his prime, you're really having to look at, okay, what do we have? Okay, well, also, James, you're gonna you're gonna see maybe second down carries. That to me tells me he's gonna see at least first and third downs. I mean, maybe they they end up going crazy and say, hey, what teams want James Robinson? And we trade. Not that they should trade him, but they were they got him for nothing. Yeah, they did get him as an undrafted. So, um, I will go though. My number one, I'm going with good old Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Atlanta, out of Florida. Um. I think that truthfully, the the talent is just this is this kid is as close to a Hall of Famer when you draft as can as can possibly be. I think everything about him screams it, and I will be dumbfounded if he somehow busts as a player. Um, six six, freakishly athletic, biggest wingspan in, in decades as a tight end, and he does. He's got Matt Ryan throwing to him. It's not like they're going to come and bring double coverage to the middle. So if Julio and Kelvin, the, who do you cover there? It would not shock me to see Kyle Pitts eclipse ten touchdowns this year as a rookie, and that's that's a ballsy, ballsy claim. Yeah. But those are our list: uh, Gary coming in from ten to one, Kenneth Gainwell, Philadelphia, number nine, Brevin Jordan, Houston, number eight, Ramondre Stevenson, New England, uh, number seven, Amonra St. Brown, Detroit, number six, Michael Carter of the Jets. Number five, Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. Number four, Amari Rogers of the Green Bay Packers. Number three, Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two, Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. And number one, Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville. My top ten itself. Number ten, Nico Collins of Houston. Number nine, Jamar Chase of Cincinnati. Number eight, Ramondre Stevenson of New England. Number seven, Amari Rogers Green Bay. Number six, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh. Number five, Pat Freermuth of Pittsburgh. Back back Pittsburgh guys there. Yeah. Uh, number four, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville. Number three, Amonra St. Brown, Detroit. Number two, Jalen Waddle of Miami. And number one, Kyle Pitts out of Atlanta. Gary, that was a fun that was a fun show there. Yeah, a fun show. Um something we don't get to do often and something to entertain the listeners and uh, keep going along this uh, lull, I would call it. Yeah. It's like slower a little, bit, a little bit of a lull coming up. Uh, this next episode, we are actually going to look into discussing stock drop. We're going to not talk about Dogecoin. Uh, we will be talking about veteran players we feel like might have seen their NFL stock drop slightly or drastically this, this past offseason. Or, or it could be rookies who fell in a bad spot. It could be rookies for sure. We could we talk about that as well. But yeah, fantasy relevant guys. Any player um, who got drafted by the Ravens. Yikes, shots <laughs> fired. Fantasy relevant, guys. Um, I mean, even, even as much as someone like Jalen Goyton, a guy who had a good year, got a lot of playing time, saw a ton of snaps, and they still put some pieces in front of him. Yeah. Guys like that, we're going to discuss it. We're going to bring a list, and we're going to come out firing about these people. who uh, Whose stock is down this year? But, Gary, unless you got anything you want to finish up with? No, I'm good. Uh, another episode coming up. 
follow uh, follow Gary and his brother, my cousin Jason, on Hall Who Goes There, the podcast. If you're offended easily, double think that one. Yeah, just um, one back. Check us out over at Spread Those Wings Chicken Wing Podcast. Check out the always phenomenal BICBP Radio Network. Uh, shout out to Tiki Tribe Productions. Oh, wait, that's us. Uh, yeah. uh, Tiki Tribe Productions out here bringing you brand new content weekly, damn near daily. Um, but until next time, guys, you keep on searching for those fantasy beasts, and we'll tell you exactly where to find them. Cue the music.